Support our sponsor, Amish Country Farms, for the best Amish food in all of Chicagoland. Hit them up today in Orland Park. Fresh imports weekly from the Amish of northern Indiana. Eggs, cheese, milk, fresh baked goods, pies. All of it's right there for you. Just head on over to Amish Country Farms in Orland Park today. Hit up their link in the live chat feed and also in the description of this video. Follow them on Facebook and tell them Sports Talk Chicago sent you. Big show tonight. So glad everybody's here. I think we're going to have a really good time. And I want to start today with this. Ryan Pauls has made it known. Somewhat. Justin Fields is the guy for next year. Now, this should come as no surprise to anybody. This could have been told to you one day after the end of the 2022 season. We all knew Justin Fields was going to be the guy for this team moving forward. He's shown enough. He's proven enough to the point that, yes, he has deserved a third year. He's deserved a fourth year, maybe even a fifth year, based on how last year went. The interesting part of that story, though, is this. The Bears will do their homework on this year's quarterback class, which any good GM would do. They're going to be meeting uh, with quarterback prospects this week, the Bears, but they'll likely do so merely as a way of garnering information to pit teams against one another for the top pick of this draft. Doing their due diligence will be crucial when it comes to leveraging a trade, and it's encouraging to hear this, that the front office is leaving no stone unturned. This is from ONTAP Sportsnet. Ryan Poles told Patrick Finley and Jason Leisure that Justin Fields was involved in the draft process last year, and he will be involved again this year, too. Justin Fields will have a say in who the Bears may or may not draft. He might be biased, though, right? I mean, he won't be advocating for a quarterback. I don't know. Look, I think this is a predictable development. I think this is something that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we knew that Justin Fields was going to be the guy. This comes as no shock or no surprise to anybody, and he's certainly deserved it. It's nice to hear Ryan Poles say it out loud, but it's also nice to see the Bears do their due diligence on quarterback prospects. There is a .00001% chance that they draft a quarterback. So you might as well do your due diligence and find out who these guys are and what they're capable of. But at the same time, this article brings up a good point. By understanding and knowing what each quarterback and each top player brings to the table, you could pit teams against one another and force them to give up a lot for that top spot. That's the goal. Give up a lot for that top spot. And here's your opportunity to do it. Ryan Poles has to do his homework. I think that's very encouraging. And I think this whole report just corroborates the pattern that we've seen from the Bears all season long, all offseason long. Nothing wrong with that. There has been a recent development that may screw up the Bears when it comes to the value of the first overall pick. Jalen Carter in big, big trouble. I don't know if you saw the development this morning. It all kind of came out really quickly around mid-morning. So I guess he was street racing with a friend of his, and that friend in the other car got in a crash and died. Carter left the scene, didn't tell anybody anything. Now there's an arrest warrant out on his name. Put out a statement on Twitter later saying that he believes he will be exonerated from all charges. And maybe that's true. The fact is, though, this is a black mark on not only the Bears draft prospects, but every other team and the value of the number one overall pick. That's the key. 
Chris Ballard, Colts GM, came out later today after all this reporting saying that maybe they don't need to trade up to the number one pick. Maybe they'll be fine at number four. This incident with Carter being off the board could cause a lot of problems for the Bears. Maybe they can't get as much back as they expected. We just went over this last week, Sunday, on the show, talking about what the Bears could get back, potential trade packages floated out by Daniel Jeremiah, potentially three to four picks for that number one spot from the Texans and or the Colts. Now I'd be surprised if they get three or four. Especially with that statement from Ballard. Makes sense. He believes that at number four, they can get the guy they they want. And I'll tell you what, with a potential number one pick off the board, maybe it will be easier. This was an untimely development, and it only, unfortunately, hurts the Bears. Now, the positive is this. Had the Bears drafted him, then found out about that incident, there could have been a whole PR scare and really a draft scare. Bears could have drafted him. He never would have played a game. Very possible. Bears could have drafted him. Hey, number one overall pick. What a great player or first-round pick. And in June, we find out about this crash, arrest warrant, and he never plays a game in the NFL. And then the Bears are in pretty big trouble. They lose the opportunity to use this generational pick for good. So I'm happy that this didn't happen after the Bears drafted him because Carter was even above Anderson on a lot of boards. But this also goes back to character, too. Let's say somehow, some way, I don't even know how it's going to happen. Maybe as a good lawyer, Carter gets off and everything's okay and he's back on the draft board. I would be very hesitant to take him. Now, I know in the past there have been many guys who approach the draft to lose draft stock due to personal incidents, and they end up killing it, and that's fine. But the Bears are an organization that has to do with class and integrity. They're not going to involve themselves in a bad situation. Look at what happened with Deshaun Watson. Say what you want about the whole Mitch Trubinsky, Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson thing. At the end of the day, the Bears have no tolerance for what happened with Watson. And it would have been a complete and utter disaster here in Chicago in 2019 or 2020, all these accusations came out and Watson was still on the team or they had to move on from him, then there'd be no quarterback. Look what the Texans are going through right now. The Bears like to stay away, rightfully so, from controversy and they're an organization to their credit of integrity. This does not fit the Bears' mold. And I'm happy that this came out before Everything happened. The only negative for all this for the Bears is that the number one pick may not be worth as much anymore. You lose a huge draft prospect, a potential number one pick, and it makes it easier for some of these teams like the Colts to stay confident in staying at four. Ballard said today, GM, hey, we might have our guy at four. Why do we need to move up? And that might be the new consensus If somebody like Carter's off the board, you can't use him as a decoy anymore. There's less talent near the top, and the Colts are only three spots back at number one. Maybe they don't need to move up. Or if they do move up, maybe it's to two or three. They don't give up as much. They don't make a trade with the Bears. This is the scary part now. 
that Carter might be off the board. As far as the Bears go, I think Will Anderson's going to be the logical pick, and I advocated for Anderson a couple of months ago, actually. I said Anderson even more than Carter based on his pedigree and on his records. He, he was very good in college. All-time SEC leader in sacks. Top 10 in NCAA history in sacks and tackles. Will Anderson has a proven track record of success in one of the best, if not the best, conference in all of college football. You are not going to go wrong in taking Will Anderson. I could assure you that. And I think at this point, that might be the Bears' only choice, unfortunately. They've kind of run out of options a bit. And it's all Carter's fault. So, mixed emotions and mixed reactions from me on this situation. Carter's in big trouble, and I have nothing to say in regards to that situation or what his fate will be. I don't even know, but somebody died. So that's not going to be taken lightly, nor should it. He's in trouble. As far as the draft goes, number one pick for the Bears is not going to be worth as much because you've taken out a top prospect immediately. They're gone. They're off the board. So every team's board shrunk a little bit. And someone like the Colts could say confidently, like they did today, we don't need to move to number four, or number one. We don't need to move to number one. We can stay at four. Well, that could hurt the Bears. Maybe they don't have as much bargaining power or as much leverage or as much of an ability to demand more from somebody like Indianapolis or Houston. That's unfortunate. But on the flip side for the Bears, it is very good that this came out before the draft began. Stay away from Carter. Stay away from him. If somehow he finds his way back onto the board, don't draft him. Not worth it. Not worth the headache that's going to come along with it and the character issues that come along with it. I know everybody's young. Everybody's stupid when they're young, right? Everyone's made a mistake when they're young. Of course. But think about the situation that you're in if you're the Bears. Really, any team, but especially the Bears. We're talking about generational wealth, generational talent, generational opportunities. $98 million in cap space. Number one overall pick. Quarterback on the rise. New GM, new head coach. Do you really want to complicate the issue and bring in somebody who indirectly or directly, depending on how you look at it, cost someone's life? Not a good idea. And the Bears don't need any more controversy or any more problems right now. They need to focus on winning and finishing the rebuild that they started. So if I'm with the Bears, if somehow, some way, which I don't even know how it's possible, but if Carter came back onto the board, don't go near him. That said, they're going to suffer with potential compensation for this pick. They will. The Colts coming out making that statement is pretty bold, I have to say, because they suck. So to come out and say, we could stay at four, that's pretty bold to say. When you had Sam Ellinger, Matt Ryan, and Nick Foles rotate a quarterback for you this past season. So they feel pretty confident because Carter's off the board, they're going to be okay. That's when you know, personally, that maybe the Bears won't get back as much as they should or as they would have for that top pick. I don't know how anybody could say 
with a rotation of Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, and Sam Ellinger that you are okay with staying at four, but that's me. Maybe they firmly believe it. Maybe it's going to work out that way now because the top prospect is gone. And if that's the case, good for the Colts. They're going to play chicken and win. But that statement, you have to admit, is pretty damn bold. <laughs> Especially with those quarterbacks that you had on your roster playing and starting games for you this past season. You have a rookie head coach now. You have no quarterback, and you're standing, you're saying, I'm going to stay at four. Or maybe I could stay at four. Bold. They weren't saying that a week ago. We were on this show. Jim Irsay owner said, we have to move up to get a quarterback. Now we might be able to stay at four. All because of this. Look at the fallout that's coming from Carter being in trouble, being off the board. One week difference from we may have to move up, we have to move up to, we might stay at four. All because of one guy leaving everybody's board. That's my point. Things change, circumstances change, and now all of a sudden the Bears may not get as much back as they should. That's unfortunate for them. But at the same time, I'm really happy they avoided drafting him because that would have been a problem. Black Rain 7920, what about Carolina? I heard they were willing to do a big trade. So I don't know what Carolina is trying to do. I read today that Sam Darnold is going to be resigned. Now, I don't know if that's going to be starting or backing up. I would assume backing up. But they could also be in a Carson Wentz. Reports have linked up Wentz to the Panthers because of Frank Reich. New head coach for the Panthers. He was Wentz's head coach in Indianapolis, and he was with Wentz in Philadelphia for a time, too. I highly advise against it. If I were Carolina, I would draft a quarterback, especially with an offensive-minded head coach like Frank Reich, and the fact that you went through, again, three or four different quarterbacks this past year. Similar to the Colts, when you have quarterbacks like Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and P.J. Walker starting for you, hey, hint, time to draft a quarterback. So they could make a deal with Carolina, and maybe that should be the play now because obviously it seems as if the Colts are pretty confident in where they're at. Unless this is all just smokescreen and, and, and big mouths talking without any action being done that's possible. But the Colts seem pretty confident, and they have certainly changed their tune from a week ago. I'm just saying. When should retire? <laughs> You have to take Anderson at King Pookie Nation. You're right, yes. At this point, you're, you're going to have to. The Bears have done so well being an all-inclusive franchise that picking Carter would be against all they've promoted. Y- yes, thank you. Midlife Models, uh, diecast restorations. I appreciate your comment. Sounds like a business there. But yeah, you're right. The Bears have always been, to their credit, I mean, they, look, they may not win a lot. We might criticize ownership and leadership. But one thing they do pretty well, in my opinion, in the years that I've covered and followed this team, they do a hell of a job at staying away from off-the-field controversy and issues. They didn't have a Sean Watson situation. They're not going to deal with the Jalen Carter situation. Everyone on the team is pretty, I would say, well-behaved. And they do a good job at keeping their act together both on and off the field. And that's that matters more in the long run than on the field performance, in my opinion. I'd rather have a team do things the right way, maybe not be the best, but always do things the right way and have integrity and know that they're good men on and off the field than have a team that wins some, loses some, 
but has so many issues off the field that the team's just out of control. And Joseph also depends on how the scenario with Carter plays out. But yes, I think he hurt his strap stock. He wasn't driving the car that crashed, but there's angles to the damage done. So, yeah, I agree with you, Joseph. Um, Again, if he finds a good lawyer and if he finds a good PR team, he'll be okay. Might be late first round, early second round, and then he'll play in the NFL. But I find it very wrong that he raised somebody, they died, he didn't report it, he didn't stay at the scene, and that person's dead. So, again, maybe he didn't actively do it which there's a difference, but he was partially responsible for somebody dying. So again, he has to find a good lawyer and a good PR team, and I think he'll be okay. But nevertheless, there's been significant damage. Somebody died, right? Somebody died, plain and simple. He's going to have to deal with that. He's going to have problems with that. And I think NFL teams are viewing it the same way. And now based on the comments that we've seen since this reporting came out, other teams feel the same way, like the Colts. The Colts are assuming he's going to be off the board, and now they're fine with staying at four. Teams are assuming he won't be there. So they obviously think it's serious enough to warrant the fact that if he somehow is on the board, he won't be going to the late rounds, and if he's off the board, they're going to expect it. 